Mark, I move puck. It's sorry, going. Live. We're live now, buddy. We're live. Hey, hey Aaron Whitlow. Hey, Brandon Spivey here. We are the. I'll let you say it this time. We are the Markout Movie Podcasters. Welcome to our show. Maybe I shouldn't have let you say it. So, hey, welcome to the show. And in today's episode, Brandon, let them know what we're doing. We are reviewing City Slickers two. Uh, the, is it the Legend of Curly's Gold? The Legends of Curly's Gold. I miss uh, I misremembered it as the the search for Curly's Gold, but yeah. I think it would have been a better title. Yeah. Well, maybe. Because uh, it's not really a legend. Wrong. If not everybody knew about the legend, they, I mean, only our actors knew about the legend. Well, I guess more people knew about it. We'll talk about that. All right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, before though we got we have an elephant in the room with this film because uh, Bruno Kirby did not return. Um, there's many stories about it. This is not really a fun fact or anything. It's, it's kind of a sad fact. Um, he wanted the script changed, and Billy Crystal didn't agree with him, so he he wrote him off. Not only did he write him off. It's it's very heavily rumored that he got Bruno Kirby blacklisted from the mainstream Hollywood because of this. Oh wow! Because he didn't do big films after this film came out. He, I hate yeah. it if it's true, because but I, I looked up his film his films and I was like, well, he didn't do much, you know. And I'm like, I hate that if it's true. I mean. Yeah, I do too. I hate that. He had a problem with the script because he felt it was it was about Mitch and his friends, but it was, you know, it was Mitch. His friends were just tagging along, and I could see that. I mean, you know, it's kind of yeah. like the first one. I mean, it, it was mainly about Mitch. I mean, I mean, as it should have been though, it should be about Mitch. I mean, that's what. We're here to see Mitch and the, the friends are excellent, no no doubt. You know, I mean, I enjoy yeah. the friends being there, but with everything being said, though, the movie is about Billy Crystal. He's gonna get the main. Uh, he's gonna get the main marquee. You know what I mean? He's gonna get the main yeah. the main name. He's the biggest on, star. Yeah, so. absolutely. Um, and so why? You know, I, I I think Bruno Kirby, God rest his soul, he did die. I think that uh, he should have really thought about that um, and not really, you know, yeah. it, it, you know, it's probably he does come into play though. I mean, sadly, especially if a movie's a big hit, you know, you, it's kind of like uh, I guess the NBA or NFL, you know. You, you have a big season. You want more money, you know, and you know. He wanted his character to be bigger. I would so I I'd assume so. Yeah, it is what it is. But that is the reason he was not in the movie. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but you know, it I is what it is. <laughs> we but, well, we'll we'll bring it up. We'll bring up the uh, you know, the uh, drive for everyone. Uh, so. Yeah. Uh, City Slickers 2 is a movie that uh, came out in 1994. The first one came out with 91, I believe. Yeah, 91. Uh, and so this is a PG-13 film. It's an hour and 56 minutes long. It's, it's a comedy. Uh, 
and uh, directed by Paul Whelan. And we're not going to mention the writers, although you can see them on IMDb. But let's go ahead and get into the uh, synopsis. One year after their first Western adventure, Mitch Robbins and his friends discover a treasure map that belonged to their late trail guide, Curly, and they set out to discover its secrets. This movie stars, as he mentioned before, Billy Crystal as Mitch Robbins, Daniel Stern returns as Phil Berquist, John Lovitz joins the role this time around as Glenn Robbins, a brother that was not mentioned in the first movie, and Jack Palance returns, but as Duke Washburn. And we're not going to mention, uh, also, uh, one more person that did not return, I noticed was Jake Gyllenhaal. He he did not, they mentioned him, but you don't see him. Yeah. Yeah, Going, you can hit us with them numbers. All right, here are the numbers on IMDb. It got a 5.6 out of 10. On Voodoo, it gets a 4.2 out of 5. 88% like this on Google. As far as the Rotten Tomato scores, get ready because it ain't pretty. Uh, 18% on the tomato meter. Whew, ugly. The audience score, though, whew, 31%. And this movie, uh, like the first one, grossed a hundred and something million. Uh, I think it was one hundred fifty-one. This one only did forty-three. So it was a, it was a flop. That's why we don't get a third. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, that's why we don't get a third. But I, I think that films that even the films flop, they do deserve uh, another foot. You know, if 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 we would have stopped. With uh, never mind, it's not a good example. I, I'm gonna use it anyway because you appreciate it. <laughs> if we would have stopped r with uh, Rocky when Rocky uh, fought Tommy Gunn, we would stop there. Then it, the series would have the franchise would have been dead. But because we got a Rocky Balboa, the series continued, and because we got a Rocky Balboa, we was able to eventually get a Creed and a Creed Two because they gave it another chance. And so yeah. I'm not saying city slickers is that level of movie, but I think that it deserves another chance. Yeah. Funny fact though, uh, in 2009, uh, Billy was trying to get a city slickers three made, but I, I don't know why. I mean, Jack had already passed. I believe, uh, you know, Bruno was gone. Uh, it was just been him and Daniel Stern. I mean, but we talked about that last week, what they could have done. Maybe that they had plans to do that. I don't know. But he tried in 2009 to get get a City Slickers 3, but just no one was interested, <laughs> basically. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. But, hey, it's okay. Uh, well, we are interested today in City Slickers 2, yeah. so we're going to get into it. So this movie yeah. is – it takes place – uh, so the last one took place when Mitch turned 39. This takes place a year later when he turns 40. Uh, there's a lot of the same beats, same jokes from the first movie that kind of returns in some form, like the stuff with his mother calling him at yeah. the time of his birth and his father and stuff like that. So that kind of stuff returns. But you can tell that Mitch is in a much better place this time around at the beginning of the movie than he was at the beginning of City Slickers, the original one. What do you think about yeah. that? Yeah, he's in a much better place. Uh, the only issue he has is he thinks Curly's ghost is following him. <laughs> but I, yeah, I thought he was in a much better place. He, you know, 
resolved his issues. Uh, my issue with this movie, though, uh, they don't mention Ed whatsoever. Like, he moved, he died. I mean, nothing. It's like he just was forgotten. And I didn't like that. I didn't like that they just wrote his character completely off with no explanation. Yeah, I agree. They could have said, uh, yeah, Ed is off in Europe with his model girlfriend or something like that, something to yeah. explain his absence. But they didn't, uh, they act as if he, they acted as if Ed was never there. And, but mm -hmm. then they acted as if Glenn was always there and that wasn't the case, you know, no, it wasn't uh, the case at all. <laughs> and so I, I didn't like that. Um, I didn't like that aspect of it. Uh, in the first movie, there is no mention whatsoever that, uh, Phil, uh, uh, Mitch, I'm sorry, Mitch, I do, I'm doing it again. There's no mention at whatsoever that Mitch had a brother in the first movie, as you brought up, uh, in the no, last no. episode we had. So, no, it, no mention of that. Uh, and Phil really got worse, like, he had a good ending, didn't work out though, which I think that makes sense coming off a of divorce. First one, first one you're meeting, it's not gonna work, most likely. Uh, but uh, he just was in a worse place. I like him. I like him better in this movie, his character, than the first one. All right. This is, this is my thoughts on him real quick. Okay. I believe Phil, I think that, okay, so they, so this movie came out. Uh, all right. Let me see something. So this the first one came out in 91, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, and then let's see. Let me check on one thing real quick um, to, to talk about my point. All right. So the first one came out in 91. He, he was in Home Alone in 90, right? Uh, right? And then Home Alone 2 came out in 92. Uh, and so at that point, I believe that his character, his, his he was more slapstick. I think that in this one, he was more animated than he was in the first one. In the first one, I felt like he was a real human, real human that was quirky or whatever. But I think in this one, he was too overly slapstick, although he still had really great lines, really great delivery, really great uh, comedic presence. But I felt like he was a little too slapstick in this one. I didn't, I didn't see that at all. Um, but... I thought, you know, I thought everything was just going bad for him. I thought, you know, he's calling his, he's calling a therapist that he works with, which Mitch gave him a job. Uh, and, you know, it just everything, it just, he was in a really dark place, I felt. But he was using, I, it's kind of like what Robin used to do. Like, in, I, I guess Patch Adams would be a perfect example. That's a, that's a serious film, but it's funny, you know. I feel like uh, Daniel was in that dark place with this character Phil and he was just using comedy. Uh, that's how I took it. I didn't take it as slapstick, but I can see your point. I, I understand it. Cause I know a lot of people said that about Dumb and Dumber too. Uh, Jim and Jeff, they weren't real characters. They slapstick, you know, more like, more like it. caricatures, more like yeah. caricatures of, of the original character, but not saying anything. Cause he has some of the best lines in the, uh, in the movie, uh, once yeah. again, he has some of the best moments and some of the best lines in the movie. But let's discuss the other elephant that's in the room. 
Yeah. John Lovett. John Lovett. It's, it's, it's an elephant, all right. Um, I like John, but I don't like him in this movie. Uh, I originally did, but watching it, I was just like, he he kind of takes away momentum every time he speaks. <laughs> I don't know if it, you felt that way, but I, I just it, like, shut up, John. Uh, <laughs> I felt like John Lovitz was the third wheel in this movie. Yeah. Honestly, like, like whereas uh, with Bruno and uh, the rest of the gang in the first movie, I felt like they had real chemistry. I felt like they were really friends, that they grew up together, that they've been lifelong buddies, right? I felt yeah. that way. But in this, with John, I felt like he was tacked on, man. And 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 I couldn't help but to feel that he was tacked on, that yeah, he wasn't supposed to be there. Um, he didn't really add to the characters, uh, to the movie, to me. Um, and I'm not saying anything against John Lovitz, because I love John Lovitz. I love him in uh, The Critic. I loved him in uh, uh, Little Rose with like Ladies Night. I loved him in Rat Race. You know, so I'm a fan of the guys. Uh, just, um, well, not Ladies Night. I meant uh, Wedding Singer. <laughs> he sings Ladies Night in that song, in a movie. But I love I love him as a as a character actor or as a, a comedic actor rather. But in this movie, I felt that he was little too forced and whiny and not really meant to be there. Like I would much rather have seen City Slickers with just Daniel Stern and Billy Crystal yeah. going on this adventure together. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, he, he, but I do, I do think that's the character though, that he, he they didn't want him there. <laughs> it was kind of forced. So it kind of works both ways. It felt that way as his performance felt that way. Um, and I think the movie wanted it to feel that way, but at the same time, him being there just kind of took away because it wasn't a bond like it was in the first movie, that trio. It, there was no bond there. It was jealousy, uh, you know, like, what does he do? Like, they, his, Mitch doesn't even know what his own brother does for a living. <laughs> you know, he's never and, around. And, and he's uh, always begging money. Like, he yeah. mentions that uh, he mentions that uh, he's always begging money. He, he goes to other relatives' house. Mm -hmm. And uh, pretty much hit him up for money until they kick him yeah. out, and then he goes somewhere else, you know. And he uh, and he's always quoting Godfather. Uh, yeah. it's just it's just uh, he was, I don't know, I just was very annoyed with it with the with him. Yeah, I was annoyed I, too. I, but I, I was also annoyed with uh, I mean, I was annoyed with uh, Phil as well in this movie, not to the extent where I was annoyed with Glenn, but I was annoyed with Phil. And how uh, dumb they made him! Like I felt like they made him dumber in this movie than he was than he was in the first film. Film, like you know, they were like um, when they first got to the. Uh, so we'll, we'll explain it. So Mitch, Mitch on his uh, birthday night, he, him and his wife was gonna have some fun, and he decides to grab Kelly's old hat, which he still kept. And as he's putting it on, he realized that there's something that's kind of hitting him in his head, so he pulls away the uh, top of the, the hat, and it reveals an old map that is inside of a uh, tobacco package, right? And so mm -hmm. the old map points to uh, Curly's Gold, which later him and Phil discovers that's what it was, but at the same time, as Brandon stated, 
Mitch keeps feeling that he's seeing the ghost of Curly. He feels like he buried him alive. And so uh, they go, they decide to go ahead and go on this trip to Las Vegas, Flash, go ahead and go on the, to this uh, adventure to find this gold with Glenn in tow because he felt like he couldn't leave Glenn. But when they were getting supplies uh, and he was talking to the farmhand or the guy, and the guy was like, uh, so we're, it's a lot just to go out on a weekend camping trip. He said, yeah, we're, we're up here. We're uh, um, a seismologist. And, you know, he made this elaborate story about being a seismologist. And his brother, John, uh, John Lovitz, uh, Glenn, was going right along with him. But then here comes Phil talking about, and the guy had the map buried in his hat. And we up here to look for this $2 million, you know, legend, you know, or whatever. Of gold, and I'm like, come on, man. Yeah, that I think that line should have came from uh, Glenn. You know, I honestly, I mean, but yeah, you're right. They may feel dumber in this one, uh, which you know, Daniel, he can play dumb really well. I mean, <laughs> uh, but I, I agree with that. Um, it, I, I thought it was funny, but here's the difference in this film compared to the original. The original you felt was real. It, it, you believe these people were real. In this one, you don't, it's a movie. You, you know, it, it's, it's, you know, it's just a movie. It's, it's for entertainment. Um, it's, it's what I would say. It's, it's, it's not as good. <laughs> it is what it is, man. It's not as good. It's, it's just, it's not as good. Although there was uh, parts in this movie that, like I'm, mar I'm marked out for, uh, you know, um, and we'll talk about it. So they get there and they start looking for this, uh, you know, they start going, they realize that the map is real, things like that. And um, the guys that they bought the equipment from sneak up on them to try to rob them and kill them, which is murder. It's murder. <laughs> they try to murder them. Um, yes, yes. <laughs> and uh and lo and behold we thought curly jack palace uh pops up but it's nice actually we found out that it's his swim brother duke but just this is the part that made me mark out i marked out just seeing jack palace again uh yeah even though he's you know he plays a different character and whereas we talked about last time how we didn't realize that Curly wasn't in as much of the movie because he died fairly early. Yeah. And this one, I can't, I didn't realize how much of the movie Jack wasn't, uh, uh, um, I'm sorry, that Duke wasn't in. He was, he came like not really midway, but he came like getting close to the second part of the of Yeah, the I would movie. say he came in beginning of the second act. Uh, that's what I would say. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I love seeing him pop up. Uh, I, I, I love Jack, uh, working playing these characters, Duke and uh, Curly. Uh, but I tell you, the scene that made me mark out the most the, the whole movie was uh, Phil, uh, using the restroom, <laughs> and he thinks he get, he gets bit by a rattlesnake. That whole scene, I, I was dying laughing. I, I, it still cracks me up because he thinks he's got poison in his rear and Billy and Mitch and Glenn are just trying to decide who's going to suck the poison out of his rear. You know, I, I love that. I, I had a good time with that scene. Uh, like, suck my ass! 
Oh wow! <laughs> no, I just loved it. It was it was hilarious. Um, for me, it was anyway. I love it. Yeah, but, uh, it, it was. It it was. Uh, and you know, I didn't realize how how adult that was. You know, when yeah. I was a kid watching it, I didn't realize the implic. And there's so many implications in this movie where you're like, yeah. ah, I didn't realize that. I think it's Billy Crystal's humor, though, coming because he he helped write he helped wrote the script, so I think it's his humor, and maybe that's a bad thing, you know, uh, overall, because you felt the characters weren't as I do I, I agree though the characters weren't Mitch was fine, but uh, Phil, I, I he was yeah I understand what you're saying about him, uh, and and Glenn was just a terrible character in my opinion. But, uh, you know, it is what it is, you know. But as a comedy, though, I, I, had, a, I had a good time watching it, you know. I, I wasn't but, bored. I was never yeah, bored. Yeah, it, it was entertaining. Uh, but just, as you said in your Letterboxd review, because I did read it. I haven't done mine yet, but I did read it. it. It is missing the heart of the original movie. Whether that's Bruno or not, I don't know, but it, it's missing something. And he wasn't there, so it's missing that argue. one thing. It's missing that yeah. one thing. <laughs> no, uh, but yeah, it is. It's totally missing uh to me that heart, that um that one thing that sets the first one apart from this one. Uh the first film was truly a a film that you know I didn't even think about it until I watched it again recently when we started doing it. Is a, one of my favorite films of my, you know, my adolescence. You know, it was really a film that I really enjoyed. I, I enjoyed Billy, I enjoyed Daniel, I enjoyed Bruno, and I enjoyed Jack. And so I enjoyed everyone that was in it, and um, and I just really felt like it just and and but with this one at the end of it, like the first one, I felt like you end on such a high note. Like, you know, even when the everything's over and they're at the ranch, you know, they found out that, yes, they're going to have to sell these cattle for beef. And it's sad, but it still ends on a high note because they survived. They're together and they're stronger and their bond is stronger. In this one, I felt like the ending was such a low note. Like you fe- you didn't feel that satisfaction. You know what I mean? When yeah. it came to... uh the guys, like when it came to, they went on this journey and if, and they found what they thought was the gold and, you know, couldn't find out. No, it's just lead painted in gold, you know, for a new uh, tourist trap, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, you're right. It, it, it's, it's the direction. And when it went that direction, I was like, well, all this was for nothing. <laughs> just nothing. I mean, that what feels no better off than he was before we started. Um, Mitch is Mitch, and Glenn's Glenn. You know that. I don't know what the message was there was for them uh, at that point. I, I didn't feel there was a message uh, other than having uh, and an, a good adventure, I guess, with your best friend and your brother that you don't talk to exactly like like and you're right in that in that aspect too brandon um in the first movie you felt like all of the characters bruno uh 
you know, Mitch and Phil, all of them got their resolution. We mentioned that how all of them got their resolution. Uh, Mitch became more invested in life. You know what I'm saying? He became yeah. more, more seeing that, yo, know, his, his family, his career is not a burden. Let's just do it better. Uh, Phil got the uh, cojones to stand up to his bullies. We talked about that major scene where he stood up to the bullies and mm-hmm. he got that, he got that gumption about him to go ahead and do that. And then uh, with, uh, with uh, Bruno's character, Ed, right. Yeah. He, uh, he was able to get, see, well, well, let me stop being this player and go ahead and take responsibility and be a, become a father and settle down and stop running from the, this idea of being a family man. And so all of them got their type of resolution. In this movie, I feel like none of them got a resolution. Phil is still penniless and still working at a job that he should be fired from because sounds like he's not doing a good job of it. His brother <laughs> is still unemployed and uh, just smooching. I assume he's just going to go back. I guess they have a closer relationship now, but it just I felt like they didn't really have a re- resolution. And then Duke is the only one that sort of got a resolution. And I guess Mitch sort of got a resolution. But it's not really. It's like a false resolution because we don't have a payoff because there's no City Slickers 3. Uh, there is no City Slickers 3, and there really wasn't a resolution. Uh, it was just, for the audience, just an entertaining time. Uh, it was I was entertained by it. I was. I won't say I love it. I won't say it's it's good. I won't say it's a great film. I will say it's it's an entertaining film. Uh, you can, you can have fun with this. Um, but when Duke does come back, he has he shows uh, Mitch the gold, and you know Mitch is like Curly. I mean not Curly, but Duke. <laughs> Duke. It's it's paint. It's lead. It's it, there's no gold. It's not real. And uh, and Duke says it's real, you know. And he he proves it to him. And, and Mitch is like cutting it with a knife, and it's it's gold. Come and get me. Come and get me. Come yeah. and get me. Come and get me. Yeah, it, it was. I liked the scene, and I would have wanted a three, but we didn't get it. So it. And it's hard to do it like. It'd be hard at this point, and I would love to see it, like like we mentioned. It, but it'd be hard to do it at this point because Jack is gone, and yeah. it wouldn't be it wouldn't be believable that they would wait it from ninety one to ninety three uh, for this ninety four to two thousand twenty yeah. to go back and look for the gold. You know, unless you know uh, they they say, well, I didn't do it then because you know. Uh, Duke end up dying, but that's still morbid because you know you saying that Duke died like right at like maybe in his hotel room, you know, or whatever. He went yeah. to get him the next day and uh, or whatever, and Duke passed away. It's a it's a morbid morbid thought, but uh, I would love for him to do it again. But honestly, I don't know a way to tie up too many loose ends. You got the Ed loose yeah. end, you got this loose end. Yeah, it'd be fun. It'd be a fun idea to do a third one uh, with what we said last week with Jake Gyllenhaal's character. But I don't know how you do that story in in 
explain what happened at the end of the second. Where did you go from there? I mean, you just say, hey, we went and found the gold and we're rich. I mean, <laughs> I don't know what you do there. But I, I I enjoyed the movie, though. I enjoyed the ending. I just we didn't get a payoff with it. Uh, but I'll, I'll tell you one thing I did not enjoy, and that was the fake death of Glenn. Yeah. Him all weeping and it just it wasn't funny to me. It it was just sad. (laughs) They try to make it a sad scene where he's dying, but I don't know. It just I didn't like it. I didn't like the scene. I didn't like the direction there. It was weird. It was weird that they uh like (laughs) looking at that scene. I was thinking this while I was watching this scene. I was like, like, there's a couple of things that was weird that they did in this movie that yeah. makes absolutely no sense whatsoever they did it. That's one of them. Let's talk about that. So, Glenn, uh, so as they are in the uh, mine, I guess, um, and they, uh, and they, you know, wrestling the bandits who are now actors that are, you know, participating in this tourist trap to search for gold, right? Uh, Glenn uh, jumps in front of Mitch and takes a bullet. And then, like, he does this whole dying thing where he's like, I can't even feel it. And then he just closes his eyes and and just, like, slumps over as if he's dead. Knowing good and well in his brain and body that he's still alive. Like, you (laughs) know that you're still living. You know that you're not dead. And so... Yeah, and then like when he says it's paint, and he says what, and they both look up. They did it for comedy, but it, I didn't find it funny at at all, like you said. And another thing they did, they tried to play on Curly dying in the first one, but oh, with yeah. but with uh, Duke being still. It, but there's absolutely no reason whatsoever for Duke to be still like that. He was just frozen, looking, and you and then he's like, "What is up with this family dying on their feet?" You know, but he just yeah, and he yeah. said, then he said, ah, he said, I got you. You thought I was dead, didn't you? Ah, you know, it's like, why would you do that? <laughs> and yeah, I said that, that. That actually didn't make any sense. I mean, the audience understands why he's doing it, but Duke wasn't even there. <laughs> How did he know he actually died that way? I mean, I wouldn't imagine that he knew he talked to anyone that was there at, at the time of his death. So, I mean, I understand why they did it to a point, uh, but it just it didn't work, you know, and him trying to scare him. But I will say one thing about this: these two movies together, Billy and Jack's chemistry is off the charts. Absolutely. They make yeah. you care. Even in this one, they, those, when, they're, when they're alone, you know, the camera's on them, you're glued to them. They have your full attention. And that's one thing I will say about City Slickers too that was still there from the original movie was Billy and Jack's chemistry. I agree. I think that also um, there's another thing. There's another scene I want to mention that I thought was kind of looking at it from an editing standpoint, it made no sense. Um, so when they were off code, right at nighttime, mm-hmm. uh, all the resources are pretty much gone, and they they did that whole huddle together keep warm scene and Billy's in the middle. And then you have uh, 
uh, well, let's say Mitch is in the middle, Phil's on one side, Glenn's on the other side, and they just all like that to keep warm. But then when Mitch goes up to go see Curly, not Curly, I'm sorry, uh, Duke, uh, and see if he wants to come, you know, down there. And then they just sit up there and they talk for a while. But it never was a resolution as to that Mitch went back down there. So when we, so when the next scene, editorial scene, it goes from them sitting up there talking at nighttime, like kind of like, like this, sitting in that little, between the two rocks, sitting like this, to the next scene, then my huddle together uh, as if they were all sleeping there all night. There was that, there's the, no, it was like a hard cut to that scene. So there's no resolution between what we finished seeing and then what we got in the next scene, which just for me in an editing standpoint, it made no sense. If they would have even just had Mitch say, well, all right, I just want to check on you and then go off frame and something like that. And then like maybe Duke put his hat down and just barrel in or something. That have been good to just make sure to make sense of the next scene. That's just, it's not. It's not a. Nit, it's a nitpick. I guess not. It's not a gripe. It's just a nitpick. <laughs> well, he's nitpicking here, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> he's nitpicking. Uh, yeah, I didn't pay attention to that at all. That is your field. You you edit, so I, you know, I didn't pay attention to that one. Uh, I did. I don't know if I like the scene where they're all huddled up or not. I, I, it, it makes sense. You're freezing to do that. It's just, I don't know. I it didn't warm my heart at all. It didn't make me laugh about it. You know. And, so. and, and for Glenn's hand to be on Mitch's crotch makes no sense. It would make more sense for it to be Phil's hand on on, on Mitch's crotch because it's weird. It's just yeah. like either way, it was you know it was what it was, but just. Uh, you know, we done lost like two viewers now because <laughs> I started talking about crotches. Two viewers said, gotta go. <laughs> but uh no, uh but uh yeah, so I don't know, it's just like my thoughts on, on the movie on uh Six Stickers 2 is that the movie wasn't it wasn't terrible, but it, I remember not liking it uh in ninety-four, is fourteen years old, I remember not liking it because I held the the first one in such high regard, so it yeah. it paled in comparison to me. But I would say that it isn't revisiting it now as a forty year old man. Uh, it isn't as bad as it was when I initially. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't. It didn't leave the same taste in my mouth that it did when I was fourteen. Now, well, another thing though, they didn't have to do like a something as a western. You know, these people, these guys in the original film, you find out that they do this every year. They go, they try new stuff. You could have done a new adventure. You didn't have to do it like like a Western. Uh, but, and they did, and they kind of didn't do it like a Western. Uh, the first half, I don't think was anything like a Western, but the 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 treasure, searching for the treasure, it kind of felt Western, you know. But I don't know. I, I felt like it there was a, a different direction they could have took. No, mm-hmm. uh, but they didn't. And but what did you feel about the story? How did you feel about the the, the actual story they told? Uh, I felt the story uh, that they told, as far as them searching for the gold, I felt yeah. like it was mainly for 
I felt like it was an un, an unnecessary story to tell. Uh, you know, like you said, it made more sense if they say would have went on a different adventure versus yeah. doing the Western again. Even though city slickers, that's the term that uh, I guess uh, people call Yankees. I guess they come in from out of town. City slickers coming up here just to get away and live it up like your cowboys and stuff. But uh, but. They could have, if, even if they did the Western thing, they could have took it in a different direction. I felt like the searching for the goat, it didn't feel more like a Western to me as it did like more like a Goonies type of scenario. Not saying that it was Goonies, but you know, that type of searching for treasure, yeah, I, I, it, it, they weren't like, like digging, digging to find goat or nothing. It was more like, they literally the end of the movie, so they had all these pickaxes and everything to search and and dig for gold, and that probably would have been a different, more in tune with being a western. But they literally went to a a cave and searched around for gold until they stumbled upon the gold. Right? Right. It wasn't really. It, I don't know. I felt like it. You know, I felt like it wasn't. And then Kurt, uh, Duke never really explained where. He found that go bar it, and why didn't he just take one? No, he never did. Um, I think my problem with the story is they didn't spend enough time actually treasure hunting. <laughs> you know, if they would have spent more time on that aspect, I think I would have really enjoyed it more than I did. Um, but this movie, um, momentum—it has momentum problems. Uh, I, I'm. Pacing problems, yeah. Yeah, pacing. Uh, it just it it feels like it's going in different directions all the time. <laughs> For me, I, I, it's kind of how I felt, and I enjoyed some of the directions, but some of them I was like, "Why'd you do that?" I don't. I don't think you would have done that. But I'll tell you one scene in the mind reminded me so much of it, Chapter One in the house with the, with the doors. You know, there was three ways to go. I thought about that too. Exactly. Yeah. I thought about that immediately. I was like, well, somebody's going to get killed <laughs> in one of these directions to go. But I, I, you know, overall, I mean, I had an entertaining time with it. it. It's not a classic by any means. It's not something I would just rewatch uh, unless I was like rewatching City Slickers or uh, unless they did do a third film. Uh, I would rewatch it then, but other than that, you know, I wouldn't spend too much time on it. Yeah, it doesn't have rewatchability uh, at all for me. Uh, even though I've seen it, like at this point in life, man, I've probably seen it a good four or five times in my life. Um, not as much as I've seen the first City Slicker movie. I've seen that uh, an unnumberable amount of time, yeah. amount of times, but. And it doesn't hold up as far as being a movie that I would like. You know, typically I'm a collect. I like I. I'm a completist. Completist. I don't know. Com completionist. I guess if it's the term. I don't know. So when I get at movies, I typically collect all the movies that is in the set. You yeah. know, it's just who I am. But I wouldn't bother buying City Slickers too, uh, because there it's not that it's not worth the purchase whereas the first one would be worth the purchase alone you know yeah. uh especially like if they came out with like a new special features with like maybe billy and daniel talking about the experience or something that'd been dope but yeah uh i own both i have the first one on blu-ray uh 
second one's on DVD. Uh, I don't know if I would, if they did come out with the Blu-ray, if it was like between five and seven dollars, I'd probably buy it, but I wouldn't pay twenty for it or anything. So, like I said, I wouldn't rewatch it unless I was rewatching City Slickers. But then again, I don't think this was a necessary sequel. I think it's unnecessary. I, I you didn't need a sequel to City Slickers. What they I'm could not, do, what they could do is do the, uh, and I apologize, uh, but what they could do is do the Halloween thing and uh, act as if the the City Slickers 2 never happened, never existed. Maybe Mitch was having an elaborate dream of, you know, of experiencing this, you know, but but he doesn't experience it because it was just all in his head. It's something that he kind of held onto a notion of doing. Uh, And so they could just make it the, they could make the new movie, the next City Slickers film, and uh, and make sure the second one isn't canon. But I mean, it yeah. didn't make money, so it's okay to make sure it's not canon. Yeah, I think it's okay uh, if they went in that direction. Uh, which the last I heard, I think in 2016, Billy was talking about another possible city slickers. I think he really wants to do one. Uh, I think it's the only thing he's done as far as series wise. I don't think he has any other films that had sequels. So, you know, and Billy doesn't do a whole lot. I mean, I like Billy Crystal, though. Uh, I think he's a, he was a very funny comedian in his heyday. And, you know, I don't see him much these days. So I would love to see a comeback from Billy. You know, Definitely. But, but again, I thought this film was unnecessary. Uh, it just didn't make a lot of sense for Mitch to do what he did. And as Glenn even said this in the movie, this would have been my idea, you would have been all over me because how stupid it is. <laughs> but you know, yeah, see, I, I think they made Mitch stupid too. You know, there was no reason for him to do this, he had everything going right in his life. I mean, well, I think the reason for him to do it maybe is to, I don't know, maybe recapture the uh feeling they had with Curly. I don't know, or he missed that, and he wanted to relive that, even though it just happened a year prior. Year prior in this in the uh, timeline of this movie, there is really no reason to do it unless it's mainly for Daniel's uh, sake, or you know, for Phil's sake. Now, Phil was the worst off. He didn't really like, which I also would say that that's um, not really good. That you know, so in the last movie, Phil. And on such a little, a little bit of a high note, you know. Yeah. Uh, but to, this, it's like he squandered that, and he's down and out on his luck completely. Yeah, I agree. Uh, <laughs> I want to. I want to mention one joke that just came to my mind, and I didn't want to forget it. It's a joke that Phil says. It's when uh, Billy uh, or Mitch is in the, uh, he's in the cart and going down the tunnel, you know, like screaming or whatever, and and. Uh, Phil has his ears to the track. He's like, yeah, uh, there's definitely a train or something's coming, and it's coming yeah. in that direction. But the way the camera's set up, you see uh, you see the cart and Mitch coming behind him as he's, like, looking in this direction, which was – it's it's comedic. It's great writing. It's great. Uh, it, so this movie has some great things about it. Like, yeah, I, no chuckled at that part because I thought that was just so funny. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I chuckled at, at quite a few parts in this movie. Uh, I actually think I laughed more in this movie than I did the original. But this is more of a comedy than the original, yeah, actually. Yeah, but it doesn't have that heart. You know, it it also feels like something else is missing. I know Bruno wasn't in it, so maybe I missed his character. Even though of the three, he was my least favorite, but maybe I did miss him. Um, but I, I kind of miss Cur I miss Curly more. Um, I mean, I like Duke, but he's not Curly. Mm -hmm. You know, he 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 was like I I didn't understand this either. <laughs> they made him like a pirate. I mean. I don't know what that was about. Yeah, they like, did, didn't they? Like, like, yeah. like he's a pirate, like at, like, say, like a red, like a, like a Long John Silver's or something. Like some type yeah. of, some type of R. Do you want yeah. some more potatoes? Or you know, he's that guy. But yeah, they they said that he 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 lost his ship out at sea or something. Like, and he became so, a pirate at some restaurant. <laughs> it's just, I'm like. Why? How did that? How you go there? How well, I it? guess I guess they wanted to convey the fact that why he really needs this. He really needs to yeah. go because he's down and out on his luck, and he really wants to go. Um, but and and also you felt like whereas with Mitch and Curly, you felt like they actually literally had a relationship with one another because yeah. they was able to bond. You felt like. Duke and Mitch was forced in this movie. Like they didn't really have a relationship because you know Duke said, "I was gonna, uh, I was gonna cheat you all out of the, your gold." You know, yeah. say we didn't find anything and then double back and take it all, and you know, and it been all mine. You know, uh, and so he he's not his friend. Whereas I think Curly really was Mitch's friend. Yeah, you I know, mean, it just you know. I think they realized they made a mistake in killing Curly off. I think, well, Jack, you know, they, they were like, okay, this guy's got, he's got buzz for us. He, you know, his character and people love him. So I think, I didn't think they were expecting that. And um, so they brought him back but as, as a twin brother, which, you know, was kind of a thing in like in the early nineties or the nineties period period. I, I mean, I, I think I'm not yeah, sure. I know Adam Adam Sandler. Did he play a bunch of twins or something at one point? No, I hope not. Uh, I know he did with Jack and Jill, but I was thinking he did something else too. No, I mean there was a there was that time frame where there was a lot of things with twins and brothers yeah. and stuff like that, like uh, especially in the eighties. And maybe that was the old trope because you know twins, obviously Arnold and Danny. Yeah. Uh, so there was that, you know, and so there was those type of films, but I think that, I don't know. I just, yeah, I agree with you. I think that they shot themselves in the foot, you know, pun intended <laughs> by, uh, by killing off Curly in the first movie. And so they had to justify bringing, uh, Jack Palance back and, uh, they brought him back in the form of Duke, which, would have been okay, but Duke wasn't even a lovable character as much as Curly was. So, no, he wasn't lovable, but he was uh, he was more goofy, you know, in this one. Uh, well, I mean, I, I like the performance, don't get me wrong. I mean, I think he's good in the movie, but it's not Curly. You do know? you feel like so? Do you feel like Jack Palance literally played 
not, not just character name wise, but you feel like do you feel like he literally played a different character than he did as Curly in this one? Yeah, I do. I th- I, I think there was parts that it was like Curly, but overall, I think he uh, he he took the character in a different direction, and and I, I don't think he was as as likable. Uh, but you know. He came around in the end, you know. He didn't have to, so I like that he did, but it wasn't like his character. He was out for himself throughout yeah. this movie, and Curly was not. You know, they were they were opposites. You know, so yeah, it didn't make sense for him to do that, but I'm glad he did it. But you know, it, I don't know. It just the film just isn't. It falls short. It falls short. It's, I mean, it's entertaining, but it falls short. If you compare it to the original, you're going to hate it. <laughs> yeah, it, it, yeah it, I agree. I agree with that. Uh, all right, let's go ahead and give them our mark, mark outs for this movie. Okay. Uh, for City Slickers 2, okay, so my letterbox, I forgot what I gave it. Uh, you gave it a four out of five. <laughs> I gave it a four out of five, I think because of – I, I left the movie looking at Jack Palance and Billy Crystal, and I was excited to see them too. Uh, but in reality, now that some days has passed since I saw it, I'm going to give it for my Mark Out Movie podcast review. I'm going to give it three, three and a half uh, Mark Outs out of five um, because it's not the first movie. Uh, by itself, it is not, it's not terrible, but what makes it work once again is Phil Daniel Stern. Uh, what makes it work is Jack Palance as Duke. What makes it work is Billy Crystal. What does not make it work is John Lovitz and also the absence of Bruno Kirby does not make it work in my opinion. And and then also the shallowest brother shows back up at the end. I felt like that was forced too. Yeah. I, I you know what, you know, if they would have done that movie, with the, the characters coming back, coming back to the ranch, and they were doing that for a tourist attraction. I think it would have been better than what they did. Uh, but it's kind of repeating yourself. So uh, with the same people, but I don't know. I I enjoyed seeing David Paymer come back at the end, and the other guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I enjoyed them, but I was like, would they really do this a year later? Would they really come back? Maybe they would. Maybe they had a great time. I was like, let's do this again next year. You know, people do like to go back to the same places they visited a year later. I mean, they went the, they went the safe route, though, the Shallowest Brothers. They went the yeah. safe route and a guided tour with lunches and everything like that. Whereas that's why at the end, it ends on such a uh, downward note because these guys, uh, Mitch, Phil, Glenn, and Duke, went out there without food, without, uh, you know, anything like that, and toughed it out, almost died several times, you know, yeah. uh, and, just, and went at it that way for very much real gold, not just uh, not just a tourist trap. Oh, this is good. That's fine. We're going to go and have a steak dinner after all this. You know, they didn't go for that. They went for a real-life changing of their lives, even though, as you said before, and I agree with you, Brandon, there's no reason for Mitch to be out there because his life was already on such a high level. He, he you know, his his life was he, he was he was better off 
in the sequel than he was in the first one, like at the beginning. So uh, I do like one thing about him. Uh, I like a, a few things about Mitch, but one in particular I like is that he hides it from his wife. <laughs> I was just laughing, and uh, I was just laughing because he. He's... I kind of relate to that. <laughs> <laughs> I was just laughing though because uh, hey, 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 he's on the phone with her, saying he's at the hotel or whatever. Uh, and don't call me at the hotel though. Uh, call me on my cell, which I didn't even realize. Ninety fourth, we had cell phones. Well, those were the big cell phones you saw. Yeah. That. It's a yeah. big, the big antenna cell phones. Uh, man, those Nokia. We've, stuff. we've, we've adapted well since 1994. But yeah, yeah I, mean, it, I love that scene though. The, and then his phone gets um, destroyed. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, oh, she's going to find out now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah. Uh, what's your marks? I'm sorry. My marks, uh, 3.5. As I've said, it was an entertaining film. I had fun watching it. I just, it didn't have the heart. It didn't, it didn't feel, no pun intended feel, it didn't feel <laughs> like a true City Slickers film. You know, it felt, I guess in some aspects, it's the same way people feel about Dumb and Dumber 2. It feels like they're trying to be City Slickers, but they're not. You know, they're, they're just not. They're not. I guess you're right. They're not the same characters. Well, at least Daniel Stern, he was not the same character. He was in the first one. Right. You know, he he was uh more a doofus, I guess you would say. He, uh, he, was, he was essentially his character in Home Alone, uh, yeah. but merged with the character from the first series Slickers. It was like a combined guy, you know. It yeah. just, you know, but I don't know. I mean, but yeah. I give it a three point five on the mark out meter. Um, you know, it was a it was a fun little adventure film, not great, but it was. I had fun with it, and yeah, you know, it entertained me. Just it was it was still entertaining. The first one though, it just it was disappointing. If you don't watch the original and you just pop this in, I think you can have fun with it. Yeah, absolutely. But I would not recommend you do that. I recommend if no. you're gonna watch City Slickers, watch City Slickers. Um, yeah, watch, yeah, yeah. And and you know, I I wouldn't tell you that you don't have to watch this one. At, if you watch the first one and you haven't seen this one, I would say still watch it so you can get the full picture. Whereas yeah. like a movie like The Boy, I would oh, tell God. you just watch the first one and never watch the sequel. Act like that never exists, and the you'll sequel. be okay. The sequel never happened. There was no boy to. Never happened. End of end of discussion on the boy. It's, no sequel. Let's, 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 we won't say it. Yeah, no sequel. All right. But uh, that is the end of today's episode. Next week, Brandon will be doing a solo review of what, Brandon? Summer of summer of eighty four. Summer of eighty four. I recommend it. Highly recommend it. It's my while favorite we, film on Shutter. While we're speaking about it, uh, so I just recently watched on Shutter Host, uh, which is a, a new Shutter original horror movie. It's like 57 minutes long. It takes place during the quarantine uh, pandemic, hmm. and uh, it's really good. I uh, I'm gonna I just shot a review for it. It's like a three or four minute long review. I'm gonna have it up on our YouTube channel soon. 
hopefully. Uh, but yeah, I recommend you watch it. If you watch something on Shutter, watch Summer of 84, watch Hunt, watch uh, Host, and also watch uh, Hell House LLC. Those are the only thing that I can, in good taste, tell you to watch on Shutter. Other than uh, Horror Noir. That's the only other thing that I can tell you to watch. Maybe Kane Hodder's uh, document documentary, but I mean, they have a couple shows that I'm interested in, like Creep Show, Joe Bob Riggs too. Yeah, that uh, that uh, Joe Hill adaptation. Uh, but it's not like an original. I, I think that comes on AMC, so they just get it. Is Creep Show an original for Shutter? Uh, Creep- Show is an original for I think okay. it is, but I'm not sure. Um, also, Cursed Films is a good little doc, like they have some really interesting documentaries on there. Cursed Films, yes. they look at different like little uh movies that have the cursed type of label to them, whether it's Poker yeah. Guys, whether it's uh, you know, Twilight Zone, the movie, so uh, uh Exorcist. Uh, so it's really a good, good little documentary. Uh, I would I would recommend anybody watch on there as well. Um, and if I was to mention one more thing, it's a really cheesy, cheesy movie, but I loved it so much. Humanoids from the Deep. If you like cheesy movies, I think it's Roger Corman. If you like cheesy movies, watch that movie. Watch that movie on Shutter. Hey, if you want real cheese, <laughs> no, don't do it. Don't do that. <laughs> Go watch Pieces if it's still available. Oh my God. My review's on here, but. If you want real cheese, or if you want to laugh so hard at how bad things can get, well, go watch Pieces. I've never seen anything funnier in horror. Never. <laughs> oh, especially the ending. Oh, oh no, yeah. No, 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 no. no, no. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. All right. Well, we done marked out on something else other than oh, City Slickers 2. But, yeah, we thank you for listening and watching us today. Join Brandon next week. After that, uh, I believe that will be our interview with Mitch, Mick Strong, who is a uh, makeup, special effects, prop, legendary guy that worked in the industry. He worked on such films as Nightmare on Elm Street 3 and 4. Also, he worked on Candyman. He also worked, okay, Brandon. Critter 2, the main course. Okay, yeah, that too. I'm so excited. I, I mentioned I'm so other excited stuff. to talk to him about that. Like Texas Chainsaw so Massacre. If you just go to IMDb, look up uh, Mick Strong. <laughs> he has so much a wealth of things. Uh, I can't wait to to pick his brain about what he's done and who he's yeah, worked absolutely. with in the absolutely. business. Uh, also, if you if you are here right now, I'm asking you right now, check out on YouTube. Uh, I'm still going to hype it up. Ken Sagos, we just interviewed him on this channel. Uh, it was a great interview. Love spending time with Ken. Also, go to his YouTube channel, Ken Sagos, and look at the McHenry trial trailer. Like, uh, comment, and share that thing so that this man can get this mo- this short film made into a feature-length film and get eyes on it. it it's um, you know, We just thank you. The, for allowing us, Brandon and I, thank you for allowing us to just spend time talking to you every week about movies. Um, I, wish, I wish I could be here for you with uh, 84. I'm going to, I don't know. Uh, maybe, yeah. I don't know. No, I don't know. 
you just gonna be you. I want to be here. Because <laughs> I yeah. love that movie. I love it. Hey, I, I, five five markets out of five. It's, I'm just gonna give you mine. Five markets out of five for that movie. Uh, there you go. I'm gonna watch it, and I'm gonna probably do a letterbox review, and maybe review, give a little separate review on uh, uh, TikTok or something like that. Just a little short one. But Brandon's gonna give you the main course. Oh, yeah. next Since you brought that up, uh, promote your TikTok thing. Uh, I saw you did Final Destination too. So, yeah. Uh, promote yeah, it. Uh, all right, so, it. <laughs> yeah. So hey, follow me on TikTok. At Aaron Knows Movies. On there, I usually do like movie reviews for movies from my shelf. I just started a new series called Movies That Mess Me Up, where I talked about Final Destination 2, how it messed me up with that <laughs> log truck. If you know it, if you've seen it, it messed you up too. You know what I'm talking we, about. We never look at log trucks the same way again. That's right. I also <laughs> talked about Psycho. Uh, I'm going to talk about one of Brandon's favorite movies later. Uh, he knows what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. All right. And then uh, just and also other things I have on the my TikTok is uh, just like silliness, man. I like to entertain. Uh, just come there and enjoy the entertainment. Brandon also has a letterbox. Go look at his reviews. He has really insightful stuff on there. And uh, Anchor. Sometimes. Anchor FM. Anchor.fm. Go check out rest of our stuff on Anchor.fm because... It's there. It's on all these other platforms. You can find our podcast, Mark Out Movie Podcast. I'm sorry I did the Donald Trump hand with that thing. But Mark Out Movie Podcast. <laughs> mark out. The mark out. No. Um, all right. Don't be touching people, okay, Aaron? Don't be touching people like Donald and Biden. No, 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 no. no. Uh, no. It's on the on Uchintay. But anyway... <laughs> We thank you for joining us on this live. Yeah. Second live. Second live, Brandon. Second live. Second live, and I promoted it wrong. Sorry. I thought it was going to be on YouTube. I do apologize. We'll try to do the next one. Brandon, uh, well, Brandon, I don't know I don't if you know do um, He might do but, live. We'll see. I'll talk to him about it. But in the meantime and in between time, I'm Aaron Whitlow. I'm Brandon Spivey. We are the Mark Out Movie Podcasters. Thank you for marking out with us.